Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- It's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. This song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we're back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This week, the classic Megadeth album, Peace Sells But Who's Buying. Guys, y'all ready to do this tonight? I'm ready. What about you, Anthony? <laughs> Peace sells, but who's buying? <laughs> there is, honestly, there is nothing on this album that I could use for a, ta- a lead in. I yeah. cannot think of anything, man. <laughs> it's it's all right, man. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe this next album's going to speak for itself. <laughs> trust me. I'm telling you, man. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So, um, uh, you know what? I think Anthony picked this one. Is that correct? So, Anthony, you get to go first tonight. We're going to start off with the first track, Wake Up Dead. Chris, give us a little taste. What are your thoughts on track number one, Wake Up Dead? Uh, well, man, it's an iconic song from the opening riff to the last. This one's been played over 1,200 times in concert. It's a number six for them, top 10 in concert. So, you know, it's it's very iconic for them. Everything works, um, no real complaints. It's a great way to start an album, in my mind. It's an easy 10 for me. So not much uh, not much debate when I was listening to this one this week. I knew this one was going to be pretty high up. So, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, incredible song, incredible song. Yeah, Chris, how about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on track number one for "Wake Up Dead"? Yeah, right off the bat, the the guitars are firing on all cylinders on this song, and the rhythm section sounds fantastic. Really, they sound fantastic through the whole album. Uh, really, this song is basically just one big jam session when it comes right down to it. There aren't many vocals on this song, and. Um, for that, I gave it an eight. I didn't really realize this was an iconic song. I mean, he doesn't sing very much, and it. it's just a big jam session. Uh, that said, it's a great song, so I gave it an eight. Yeah, dude. That's you know, fine. I, and I understand where you're coming from, and as a, as a fan, I've seen these guys. The, the handful of times I've seen them live, they've played this every single time, yeah. and it does not disappoint no matter what. This song is iconic from start to finish, like you said, Anthony. Uh, from the riffing, Chris Poland is on point with his lead. Dave Mustaine is on point with his lead. As you guys will see, there is a there is just a, a little uh, off and on with each other throughout this uh, this entire record. You've got Dave going first sometimes and Poland falling up. But, man, the solos in this song, killer. The riffing. I chose the cutaway in this for you listening at home, and, and that's the breakdown. That's what everybody loves during the show, and that's when everybody gets into it in the pit. 
and I love it. <laughs> I can imagine. And obviously, that. iconic Big Ten in my book. Now, this is going to bring us up to uh, track number two. Uh, it is The Conjuring. Chris, give us a taste. You know, honestly, you could just let that play all the way through. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Anthony, what are your thoughts on The Conjuring? Um, well, I got a little information on this song, too, so I'm going to take a few seconds on my review. But uh, my review starts out like this, man. I love, 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 love how this song starts with that simple guitar riff and then the drums fill in and Dave comes in. Just love how that flows together. The song itself has this nice groove to it. Love how it ebbs and flows between heavy and slow throughout. This is a nine for me. It's a song by them that has always been one of my favorites. And these lyrics really jumped off at me as I read through them this week. Um, They go like this. I met your father years ago. I gave him what he'd please. He called my name and he'll do the same. I'm claiming what is mine by right. It's time to close the deal. You're bought and sold, bought and sold. Come join in my infernal depths. Mephisto's. Hall of Fame, I've Got Your Soul, I've Got Your Soul, The Conjuring, Obey. Um, Truly dark metal lyrics um, that are just kick-ass. And Wikipedia has some really interesting stuff to say about this song. And The Conjuring is a song by American thrash metal band Megadeth from Peace Sales, of course. Written by Dave Mustaine during a time when he dabbled in black magic. He's now a Christian now as far as I'm, I'm, I'm aware um, the song's lyrics have been described as referencing a satanic ritual and according to Mustaine contained in- instructions for hexes, which is super creepy. And if anyone out there wants to see a really cool conjuring movie, I was telling Chris about this earlier. There's a movie called host on shutter S H U D D E R. It's a horror streaming app. It's 56 minutes long and it's about people who conjure a demon basically during a zoom call. So all this crap is going on in the background while on the Zoom call. It's it's super creepy. I was even looking through my fingers a couple of times, and that's hard for me to do that to me because I'm I'm pretty desensitized. So You're a hardened um, veteran, aren't you? Ah <laughs> uh, man, I write it, I live it, I love it, and this kind of stuff, these kind of songs, man, I dig it. I'm usually a pretty cool guy, pretty happy-go-lucky guy, so I think it's why it's kind of appealed to my darker side for some reason. So, but anyways, this song, it's a nine, man. I've always loved the country. It's just Pure powerhouse, man. It's awesome. Fantastic, fantastic. Chris, what are your thoughts on The Conjuring? Yeah, I think uh, Dave's got a real haunting, kind of evil sound to his voice in this one. I guess that was by design with the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, this one kind of has a like a really old school, like kill them all Metallica vibe to it. Like I can I can hear them sense. playing something like this, and it does make sense because he was a guitarist on that. Yeah, I mean, 
the guitar work is just insane. It's so good. I love that galloping that's kind of prominent throughout. Uh, it's just fantastic. I, get, I agree, Anthony. I gave it a nine as well. I think it's excellent. Yeah, it's excellent. Wow. I am absolutely glowing over here like a <laughs> schoolgirl. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I don't want to go nuts over it. First of all, The Conjuring, in my opinion, is absolutely a classic, classic tune by these guys. Um, and something you, you didn't, I don't, I don't, you know, I think, I think you may have overlooked and, and Chris, you may not even realize this. Mustaine is indeed a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, his claim, uh, is, you know, he's, he's been that way for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, they stopped playing this song live yep. for 17 years and they finally brought it back really? and played yeah. it live, uh, a few years back, a couple years back, I think when Chris Adler had filled in for him, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean that's that's you know Mustaine finally got over and he was able to separate you know it's just entertainment versus yeah. what his beliefs are. Dark, dark, dark ass lyrics, and it's a killer, killer song. This is my favorite song on this record. Has been since I was a kid, and and ironically enough, I I, I know it's not iconic because it's not something they play <laughs> simply because seventeen years they didn't play it. Um, I gave yeah. it a nine and a half. I think it's that solid. The solo was, work is second to none on this record. Yeah, yeah it's uh, excellent. It's that's phenomenal. Excellent. The even the rhythm line is damn near impossible to play. So, yeah, nine and a half effort, and this thing is almost perfection all the way through. So, wow, you know, I'm glad you. I'm glad both of you guys enjoyed that one. Now we're going to bring it up to uh, to track number three. And of course, this one is a uh, rarely played track. I don't know if anybody's ever yeah, heard this one. It's called Peace Cells. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, give us a taste of Peace Cells. Anthony, what are your thoughts of Peace Cells? I mean, that opening bass line is so iconic. It's stupid, man. When you hear that, you know what's about to happen. Yes, I mean, yes. after that, the song is just a solid groover from start to finish. Everything works. The guitars, the drums. Dave sounds fantastic. He's got a perfect voice for a song like this. I love how the song builds as well. No matter how many times I hear it, I still enjoy it. Amazing how relevant a song like this is, too, in today's political climate. Uh, when it was written in the 80s. So weird how that works out sometimes. And it is true, you know, peace sells and nobody is truly buying it. Um, it's a 10, and it's, of course, number one for them. But this is what's crazy. It's been played 1,599 times in concert. That means these boys have played a lot of concerts. Yes, they have. I mean, going back to Margaritaville, I think Margaritaville is like 1,100 times or something like that. And that was released 10 years before this one. That just kind of puts it into context of how much this song has been played, man. All right. Well, I see where you're coming from. you got to remember, <laughs> from probably 90-ish and up, <laughs> Buffett only did summer tours three nights a week. 
That's Megadeth, true. Megadeth's playing shows well, that's in what their I'm early saying. years four or five nights a week. So That's what I'm saying. That's how much these boys have been cranking them out back in the day. Man. They, even, <laughs> they haven't even slowed down is what They've I'm They've had saying. lots of practice. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And according to Wikipedia on this one, Peace Sells, number 11 on the list of the 40 greatest metal songs of all time, according to VH1. So I was going to throw that in there too. So wow. it is truly, truly, truly iconic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Chris Counts, what do you think? Peace. Well, you know, I think that uh, that opening bass line is just so, like you said, Anthony, just so recognizable. Mm-hmm. And I know I've heard that in, in other places, like maybe like a commercial or video game or something. That, that's just so, I know it just when I hear it, it's just like it's so recognizable. And the riffs are so good on this song. I mean, Dave's is a master. He really is. I, I had to text uh, Jimmy the other night, and I was like, "What, what kind of rig has he got here?" Because uh, it's the tone is so good, and and, and he, when he told me he was playing a BC Rich guitar, I about lost it because I think of like <laughs> glam hair metal shit when I think of BC Rich, and I'm sure that's not fair because because I know that some people that some legitimate guitarists play that, but I just think oh, of like po- the Poisons of the World or something. I think of BC Rich, but anyway. Uh, this is an iconic song, and I love the transition in the second half, the way it kind of kicks oh, over. Yeah. Uh, it's iconic. It's easy to end, agreed. Yeah. You know, there, there isn't really much more you can say about it. Obviously, the track playing uh, in live shows says a lot for it. Um, it's a 10. I mean, you can't you can't deny the greatness of this tune, mm-hmm. and obviously every time I've seen them, they've, they've played this one as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it uh, as much. Uh, you know, every time I I don't change the radio station when this one pops up, I uh, crank it loud yeah. and crank it proud. It does. Never tire. It'll, it'll, it'll pass right? that crank test. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Never tire oh, of it. Man. No matter how many times I hear it, I never tire of it. All right. Now, this, uh, this actually brings us up to track number four, Devil's Island. Chris, let's hear this. thoughts of devil's island man this is another one of my favorites i love the intro with those drums pounding i think guitar kind of noodles its way into the drums and all the other stuff going in the background and then that bass kicks in which i want to make sure chris got that sample of man i love how metal bands use the bass they just they make it such a prominent instrument it's so sweet um and after that bass you know riff this song blasts off and it never lets up i can't imagine how anyone can play a song like this got to be hard on the joints and the lyrics on this one, man, are more too. They paint some ominous, ominous darkness, and I have to throw a few of them down. Um, they go like this. The light that filled my lonely cell is blocked out by the key that locks the door to this hell, the place they wanted me. 
Time's racing like the wind. Executioner's near. O Lord, I wait for death. And yes, I have no fear. I recall that night my every breath and step along the way. Close my eyes walking as danger paved the way. The devil in the darkness, let her evil wander free. And here in Devil's Island, the final stop for me. Great lyrics. This one has been a favorite of mine for a long time, man. This is a 9.5. Absolutely love this song. 9.5. So That is fantastic. Oh, man. I've always loved this song. This is just a killer song, start to finish. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Chris, what are your thoughts of Devil's Island? Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with Anthony on this. That that opening bass line again. These got the rhythm section with Megadeth is fantastic. They really are. I mean, it seems like every song I feel that way. I mean, really, that is just tremendous. And I like the galloping guitars. Uh, the, again, the tone tremendous on this. It's actually when this one actually has kind of a catchy chorus. Not all of his uh, songs do, but this one does. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of learned uh, Mustaine is a bit of an acquired taste when it comes to his, his vocals, but for this one, fantastic. And the guitar solo is tremendous on this song as well. I gave it a nine and a half as well, Anthony. That yeah. is awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, in my opinion on Devil's Island, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit uh, – I'm, I'm feeling pressure from you two now because you're both <laughs> giving it such high bring praise. It. I'm going to say it like this. From the time this thing starts, that gallop begins – and it rocks the entire song. The guitar solos are absolutely phenomenal. Chris Poland, lead guitar extraordinaire, rhythm guitarist extraordinaire, and you've got a guy named Gar Samuelson on the drums. They are rocking the rhythm section with David Dave Ellison following it up. Guys, you're Anthony. You're you're, you're right on money right here, man. And you know. I felt like I was giving it a too high of a score until y'all started talking. I'm like, man, I'm at a nine because I think this thing is a brilliant, brilliant tune. So I, I feel comfortable with mine now. I was like, I sound like a fanboy on this album, but you know what? Let's roll with it. You two at nine and a half, I'm at a nine. I think that is absolutely as, as fair as it's going to get. Now, ironically enough, that ends side one for this record, and that's one heck of a way to go out. We flip it over on side two, track number five. It's called Good Morning Black Friday. Chris. Place a little. You know, it's hard to even stop right there. I'll just be honest with you because you just want to keep listening. <laughs> it's so good. That it's is so good. ripping, <laughs> ripping guitar. All right, I'll, back to seriousness. Anthony, what are your thoughts of Good Morning Back Friday? Yeah, man. Once again, I love that build, that intro. It's so ominous. And this is the last song I've got a little bit of extra information on. Um, but uh, you know something's about to drop when it does. I mean, I love the way Good Morning transitions into Black Friday. It's so perfect the way they do that. 
And the song itself was a clinic of thrash metal. The speed, the ferocious nature of it, the music on this song is purely animalistic. I mean, honestly, don't know how they play so hard and so fast. And the crazy thing is they're still doing it at their age to this day, and I don't know how they do it. But um, this is another big favorite of mine, and I honestly have never paid much attention to the lyrics until this review, and my goodness, they paint a picture on this song as well. I didn't realize the lyrics were like this on the songs. I've never sat down and listened to them before, but a few of them go like this. Bludgeonous slaughters my evil deeds. My hammer is a cold piece of blood lethal steel. I grin while you writhe with the pain that I deal. Swinging the hammer, I hack through their heads. Defiant defiler, you're next to be dead. I unleash my hammer with sadistic intent. Pounding, surrounding, slamming through your head. Yeah, their bodies convulse in agony and pain. I mangle their faces till no features remain. A blade for the butchering, I cut them to shreds. First take out the organs, then cut off the head. The remains of their flesh now sop under my feet, or more bloody massacre, the murder's complete. I seek to dismember a sadistic, a sadist fiend, and bloodbaster my way to get clean, of getting clean. That's straight out of a slasher movie, and it does paint an image. And this one, boys, is a 9.5 for me, too. This is another one of my big, big favorites that I love by him. And I did not know those lyrics said that. I really didn't. I just always jammed to the song and enjoyed the song, and... You can't really understand them 100% when you're listening to yeah. it, you know. But when I dove into those lyrics, it was like, holy goodness, I cannot believe they're saying that in this song. But, uh, yeah, it's a 9.5 for me. That's a, it's a killer song. Everything about it works. So, yeah. Stand. Awesome, awesome. Chris, what are your thoughts on Good Morning Black Friday? Well, I think it's, to begin with, maybe the best guitar solo on the album. I mean, they just crush it. It's just so good. And... The intro, very cool. I enjoyed the intro quite a bit. Uh, the drums and the bass, I mean, everything. I mean, I get a broken record tonight, but that rhythm section just crushes it. And this song just is a kick-ass thrasher. That's all it is. It I is. agree with Anthony. I also gave it a nine and a half. I think it's, it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's, my God. It's great. I mean, all you, all you got to do is listen to that guitar, and how can you not give it a high score? I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable. It really is. Yeah. Oh my God, y'all! I mean, that is like you said, Kurt Hammett yeah. couldn't play this. I mean, he's oh, yeah. that good. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we can talk about that later. But yeah, I might start a little sure. war. Well, no, bring no, it on we, because I just listen to it. Tell me yeah. he could play that. Holy moly, guys! That is, you know what? And ironically, the the little piece that we played as it started trailing off, that is where it starts to begin to get even more crazy. I know it's even better after that. <laughs> There's only so much you can play. It's hard to find something, a snippet that encompasses an entire song or at least the the theme of a song on this record. It's super impossible to do because they go through so many movements within this, within each each of these songs. So, you know, my opinion, which, wow, I'm once again shocked how, how, how high you guys rated this. It is an awesome way to start off side two track five. Good morning, Black Friday in my book. Is a nine. I gave it a nine. I'm now. I'm like, wow, you guys really love it. So, I think it's it's outstanding guitar work once again. And you're going to hear it obviously all night long. We've talked about how great this guitar is, and it is phenomenal. Now, this this will bring us up to track number six. It's called Bad Omen. Chris, give us a little play. Love that 
All right, Anthony, what are your thoughts of Bad Omen? You know, this is sort of the, the, the song where the album for me sort of dips a little bit. You know, I could almost stop it at Bad Omen and be happy. I don't like to say that because I'm more of a person who likes to listen to the entire album. Um, but with that said, you know, it's a solid song with some beautiful guitar work at the start, proving that speed isn't always needed. But when this song kicks in, it's another blistering fast song. I really like this way this one builds. Uh, not one by Megadeth I go to often, but it's a solid song with headphones on. You can really hear the whole mix of instruments. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on there. And the bass plays a really nice part in it, uh, which is always nice to hear. I gave this one an eight. So, you know, I'm digging hey, it. Still, still yeah. high marks. But, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, but, yeah. All right. Well, Chris, what are, what are your thoughts of Bad Omen? I'm sort of thinking Anthony's got a copy of my notes over here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's about uh, everything you said is what I've written down. Yeah, I appreciate the stripped down intro to this song. And then that tuned down crunch coming in is really cool. And I like the dueling guitars kind of that are, that are going on in this song as well. Uh, I mean, Mustaine gets all the all the praise, but that uh, what's the other guitarist, Jimmy? What's his Chris name? Poland. Yeah, he he's just fantastic as well. I mean, they're a great duo there. Uh, it's probably not my favorite song that I made there, but it's still great. So I gave it an eight as well. Hey, fair enough. You know what? Now I feel like I've got a little redemption here. You guys are almost <laughs> in line where I'm at on this track. Uh, to me, I think uh, Bad Omen is is absolutely. It's kind of got a crazy rhythm section going for it. It does, and I like that. Uh, I like that bass line going on as well, and the drums going frenetically. Um, the reason why I think this song gels with me so well is because uh, you guys may not realize it, but Chris Poland and Gar Samuelson, the the guitarist and, and drummer, were in a jazz band before Megadeth. So really, they were, <laughs> they were, they were, you know, bandmates. So yeah, and they, they were able to join in, uh, and, and do some incredibly great stuff. Guitar work is absolutely phenomenal. Once again, I gave this one eight and a half. I, th- I thought it was absolutely outstanding and, or at least it's between great and outstanding. Um, but it's, it's great. And I love this song. I, you know, we got a couple more to go through here, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what's getting ready to happen. So we're going to get to it. <laughs> Track number seven. I ain't superstitious. Chris, go ahead. Anthony, what are your thoughts of I Ain't Superstitious? Uh, you know, band sounds great. Dave sounds great. Uh, nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't really match the intensity of the songs that came before it. With that said, the guitar work is amazing. Again, uh, lots of great riffing. I gave it a seven. This is the weakest hey. one for me on this album. So uh, it doesn't really gel for some reason, but uh, it's not a skipper. It's not one I'd seek out, but uh, I still do like it. It just, it definitely can feel the seven in that one more than I got you. Album, so. oh. Fair enough, man. Chris, what, what do you think about I Ain't Superstitious? Again, he's got a copy of my notes, <laughs> I swear. Uh, I, you know, I like that. that there was kind of like an old school rock and roll uh, yeah, style to this song, cool. which really doesn't match anywhere else on the album. And it's interesting you said those guys were in a jazz band because I could almost I hear that hear influence that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That's why yeah, I brought that it said, up. <laughs> they, do, they do Megadeth it up, you know, into the second half, and it does kind of turn into a jam session. 
at the end there. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I also gave it a seven. I think it's very good. Probably the weakest song on the album. Yep. All right. So crazy enough, I'm going to throw something out to you guys. You may not realize <laughs> this song is a cover. Uh, originally written, me. originally written by a bluesman and played by a guy named Howling Wolf. I think it's back in the fifties, maybe. So this is sense. the metalized version of I Ain't Superstitious. Yeah. I, mean, I got like they, a Chuck Berry vibe to it or something. I, can, I totally well, see that. Yeah. There you go. I'm telling you guys, it's it's a crazy version of this song. It certainly is sped up the 10. And it is, you know, for what it is, it is great. Or it's it's very good, I should say. And um, I, God, you know, it almost makes you wish this might have been a bonus track. And they had like another one of these incredible thrashers in here. However... I did give it a seven. I think it's very good. And, you know, we're all we're all the same page here, so <laughs> it's my funny. lowest score as well on this record. So, um, well, funny. on to track number eight, My Last Words. Chris, go ahead. Give us a little play. thoughts of my last words yeah i'm digging the way this song comes in you know, like a lot of songs it's another one with a great lead in i love the way the guitars sound uh, that opened the song it's good stuff the song itself is solid uh, no complaints not a favorite not a skipper um, solid closer i gave it an eight so fantastic chris what are your thoughts of my last words yeah uh, i like the stripped down version or the intro into the song there and and then again, it kicks in for one final rocking tune. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. I think there's almost two transitions in this song. Right. Uh, I wrote, I was wrote, when I was doing my notes, I was like, I like the transition. I was like, a few minutes later, I was like, well, here's another transition. <laughs> uh, it's just, a, it's a, it's a great way to close the album. And, you know, I keep throwing the same accolades at this thing, but that rhythm section, fantastic all the way through this album. Mm-hmm. And the thrashing it just, it's a, it's a masterclass. It really is. I gave it eight and a half. I think it was a great way to close the album. Yeah, it is a great closer. All right. Now, uh, in lines with my review of My Last Words, I think it is a perfect summation of what we just listened to in this entire record. The guitar fretwork is insane. There is a pace that is almost inhuman. The rhythm section, on point. Mustaine, although vocally it's different, I appreciate his vocals. I like, I like his vocal lines in this one. I think it's an eight and a half as well. I was, I was actually torn from giving it a nine, and I, eight and a half is good because we're all we're all close. So, you know, what a way to end a record. And and we're talking basically. I think it's like either thirty four, thirty five minutes long. It's not that long of an album. Thirty six minutes long. So I mean, it just tells you 
<laughs> we just got our faces melted for 36 minutes. So, all right. Now, um, final assessment on this, Anthony, what, what, how did your overall rating go? Uh, well, my overall rating, I'm going to get to the very end of what I got to say first. Uh, I did a little more Wikipedia information for this one this week. So, um, and my kind of close is like this. Um, this is a great album from the opening song to the last. No true duds on it. I can't recommend it enough. I can see why it's been such a big album for Megadeth throughout their long and glorious career. And from Wikipedia this week, I pulled off this information uh, in case anybody wants to know it. Um, Peace Sales, but who's buying, was released on September 19, 1986. A year filled with metal classics. And anybody listening to this, go look out the metal albums that got released that year. Uh, here's just a, a handful of them. Slayer's Rain and Blood. Metallica's Master of Puppets. Iron Maiden's Somewhere in Time. Which Is that the album we're reviewing in two, in two weeks? Is it Somewhere that in is, Time? That is the record, sir. Okay. So we got another one from 86 coming up. Creators, Pleasure to Kill. Dark <laughs> Angels, Darkness Descends. Yes, sir. Just to name a few, and there's a bunch other too. Oh, Destruction um, had an album that year too, man. We yeah. had Sodom had an album. I mean, there were so many thrash classics that came out that year. It's, it's ridiculous, amazing. man. Yeah. It was one of the best years in metal history, honestly. Um, and the album's artwork was designed by Ed Repka, R-E-P-K-A, who would go on to do several other pieces for him. It did, depicts uh, the band's mascot, Vic Rattlehead, in front of a ruined United Nations headquarters. And one last thing, this album has been featured in several publications, best album list, including Robert Demery's 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die and Martin Popoff's Top 500 Heavy Metal Albums of All Time. Um, This is a big album. It's an iconic album, not only for this band, but for the 80s as well. When I tallied it all up, it came out to be 8.8, but I'm going to 9 on it, man. This is an excellent album, so all the way. Wow. Outstanding, man. Outstanding. Chris, what's your overall review of P-Cells? Yeah, I think this album, and, and I mean this in the highest regards, it feels kind of like an old school Metallica album. And <laughs> you know how we feel about Metallica. And yeah. maybe that insults Dave because I know they've had some issues in the past. But, man, that I mean that is the highest praise. I mean, the the guitar work is just so good on this. And it does it does have that Kill em All vibe to it, the, the galloping you hear in like, the song of Four Horsemen, for instance. I mean... I caught shades of that throughout this, and I'll admit it took a little while for Dave's voice to grow on me. That his his vo- his vocals aren't like something that just hit, grab you immediately, but the more you listen to it, the more it fits this music. And you know, I think a lot of these songs or his voice actually sounds really good. And once you kind of give it, I was also gonna you know tip of the hat to the rhythm section once again. I mean, I've said this throughout the night, but they were tremendous and the, make the band quite honestly. Yeah, and also I was gonna also mention the the album cover on that, the Vic Riddle. It definitely has like an Iron Maiden vibe to it with with oh, Eddie, yeah. as far as that goes. And it, I thought it was pretty cool the way they that they depicted the United Nations and that, and you got some fighter jets coming in bombing it basically. Yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> <laughs> it really fits with everything. So I tallied it up. I got an eight point seven. I also I'm going to round this up to a nine because it was a tremendous album. It is, man. Out, outstanding. I'm I'm gonna. We'll give you a little story on this one, guys. Uh, so I go way back with this record. And I remember Dude. lusting over this album cover in Hit Parader magazine <laughs> way back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, you know. And and I, I, I 
I mean, I clearly remember because it, it came out on a record company called Combat Records. I remember this, and they had like a couple other records, like the the Dark Angel. It, it, they were just you know press releasing that thing, trying to get it ready for release toward the end of that year. And I thought, God, I got to find this. And I didn't know the release date. I kept looking when I was going to the record bar and places like that. Well, late that year, which back then, you know, you were lucky to catch stuff on day day release. You know what I mean? I remember going to see my grandpa up in Kentucky, and we were going to go to watch a UK basketball game. I believe it was in November. And uh, we stopped at a Walmart of all freaking places, and I never will forget it. I just went back to the music session, was looking through stuff for cassettes, because that's what we did back in those days. I came across Wasp inside the Electric Circus oh my and Megadeth Peace Sales. I bought them, he bought them both for me at that point in time, looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> but um, nonetheless... I Did remember you play it for him on the way to Lexington. No, Lord, no. There was there was there was not listened to. It was listening to my headphones on the way to Lexington. It was, <laughs> it was not listened to. Like, and I didn't even know. Was it probably just Lincoln Town Car or something? But yeah, but Walkman was getting beat up by this, and I remember being <laughs> legitimately scared hearing the vocals and some of the lyrics, trying to figure out what the lyrics were, oh, and it actually struck a nerve with me. And and I think this may be one of it is considered one of the greatest thrash albums of all time. I mean, like you you gave the examples. I was going to throw out Anthony with the Metallica, yeah. the Slayer, you know, Sodom and Destruction. All these great thrash yeah. bands had incredible albums that came out they that did. year. But this is one of the ones that I think that's, that stand out the greatest. I've got a book here, guys. I know that people could probably care less. It's called The 100 Greatest Metal Guitarist. And it's written by a guy named Joel McIver. He's well known in the music industry for writing, you know, autobiographies and stuff like that. Well, guess who is number one metal guitarist according to him? <laughs> Dave Mustaine. None, Dave other, Mustaine. <laughs> none other than Mr. Dave Mustaine. So you uh, know, and, and this book was written years ago, and right. and I've I've had this thing for you guys. know I'm a guitar nut, and I've had this for you know eons, and. I, you know what can I say? The album is iconic. My overall rating came in kind of high and i was worried about y'all however i don't feel so bad mine came in at 8.875 or 8.9 and i am absolutely rounding that up to a nine because i think this is um this is a fantastic album and another thing on top of this we always talk about island you know shipwrecked albums you'd take with you if you were just a you know stranded somewhere in the middle of nowhere this is one of mine and we, we've we've reviewed two of mine already, Queen's Rock being one, and now this one. And I think we're going to review another one of mine in the near future. So, I mean, you know, yeah. it's that good in my opinion. And, and I think it's, you know, fair to say I'm a Megadeth fan, so I can't, I can't complain. Yeah, and I look well, forward to seeing these guys live again. So This one's been with me since 86 too, Jimmy. So it, it was funny, like back in the day, I, like I told you guys, I've skipped the Iron Maiden sort of music. When I was a teen, I was listening to the pop metal, the Death Leopards, or the thrash metal. But I was not <laughs> not not listening to Dio or Black Sabbath, none of those guys. I, for some reason, I didn't listen to that middle, the middle part of metal, which is really strange. I didn't do that until I was got much later in life. But yeah, you know, another, I remember we had we had Testament for a couple of years there, Anthony. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't get into Testament as much, but I was into Metallica a they lot. They were great. Oh my god, Anthrax and, and another yeah. thing about that art, artwork, you know, when you're before internet was around, that really drew you in as a kid. You'd see that artwork and you oh, want yeah. to get that oh, yeah. album. You know, oh, gotcha. and I, really, it's I think Megadeth and Iron Maiden are probably the two best at that. Really, as far as just uh, painting that a picture. Good job with it. Yeah, too. I mean, that, all these metal artists were 
fantastic, but there are people that stand above, and you're right, Maiden, Megadeth, they all stand above. Dio had a few albums that absolutely deserve posters, the, you know. The one with the preacher in the water looking up at that. Uh, Holy with Murray, Diver. With Murray looking down on him. That's what his mask oh was named, Murray. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. What an episode, guys. What a week. That was a just a fantastic, fantastic uh, review. Just an album to review this week, and it, it certainly – we, we review stuff I love, and I didn't pick it. I love it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can fanboy it and not be the guy that's like, well, you picked it, you know. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's. Uh, I say we get ready to wrap this thing up. Anthony, what do you got going on this week? I've got a Texas two-step of mine this week on song lines and tan lines. It's uh, Hello, Texas and Northeast Texas Women by Jimmy Buffett. So they're, uh, Hello, Texas was on the Urban Cowboy soundtrack years ago, so. And Northeast Texas Women was like a one-off in a concert he did or something. So That's, I've never heard either one of those songs. Yeah, so they're pretty good. I've dropped wow. a pretty rare one this week. I don't know if y'all listen to it or not, but uh, people seem to be responding to it pretty well. So That's good. So, yeah, All right. that's where wow. I am. All right, so next week, guys, Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. I know you guys are looking forward to it. Been and, that one. Uh, we'll, that one a long time. I haven't I haven't heard this one in it's been a little while since I've heard this one too. Yeah, I'm kinda looking while forward for to this one. So that was that was I, one uh, of the foundations for my metalhood right there. Yeah, that was I, one of the early, early albums I heard heavy metal wise. I've got a stuff. funny story about this record about the videos that used to be on MTV back in the day. So this will be this will be great <laughs> next week. All right, guys. Well I'll say we get ready to wrap this up and um I'm gonna go ahead and say it, Chris. I'm gonna dedicate this episode in memory of a good, good man, Mr. John Burgess. For Audible <laughs> Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. This is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue. We'll see you then. <laughs>